Well, my apologies, because some of you are going to hear this twice. <laughs> I do apologize on that one. And, um, uh, but uh, three things about this passage from Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 to chapter 10, verse 8. It's about the kingdom of God. Matthew 9.35, Jesus went about proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. Matthew chapter 10, verse 7, Jesus gives instructions to his disciples, proclaim the good news, the kingdom of heaven has come near. Kingdom of God is a central theme possibly the central theme in the teaching of Jesus. It was his big message. The kingdom of God is near. In the Old Testament, we're told about the kingdom of God, the rule of God. When the kingdom comes, there will be a reordering of creation. There will be no place for that which is evil or unclean. There will be no place for sickness or disease, no place for COVID-19. There will be no place for death. And prophets like Isaiah share with us a vision of a world of abundance, of a freedom, of harmony, of harmony between people and people, between people and creation. That's what those passages about wolves lying down with lambs are about and children playing over the adder's nests and, of course, harmony between people and God. It's a vision of a world of beauty and well-being and life and at the heart of this kingdom there is a king, God's special ruler, also described as the Messiah, which in Greek is the Christ. And Jesus comes and declares that the kingdom of God, the rule of God, as promised in the Old Testament, as longed for by the people of God through their years of, uh, of slavery, of exile, uh, and of occupation, that the kingdom of God was very near. It was near in time. It was coming soon in all its fullness. But it was also near in space. They could reach out and touch the kingdom of God. Why? Because Jesus himself is the king of the kingdom. He is the Messiah, the Christ. He is the presence of the kingdom. And he is there. He is with them. And so here we see him proclaiming the kingdom and also doing kingdom stuff, kingdom acts. He is the presence of the kingdom, so he cures every disease and every sickness. And then secondly, it's about the compassion of the king. When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. You will realize, I suddenly, especially in view of the events this last uh, two weeks or so, that the word H-A-R-A-S-S has two different meanings, and it depends all on stress, harass and harass. Um, and um, 
as stress is important, you know, to harass, well, we hear a great deal about that today, racial or sexual harassment. But when it says that they were, well, I think it's saying they were harassed. Uh, it's not speaking about harassment. It's more about being pressed in. Um, I um, looked up the Greek on this one, and it's not particularly helpful here, but so I asked my walking dictionary, Alison, what it means to be harassed. <laughs> she said, it's like when you don't know your head from your tail, when you feel stressed about things, and you don't know why you are stressed, when you don't know which direction to go in. That seemed to me to be a pretty good description of where many of us are at much of the time. Jesus sees our weakness, our confusion, our fear, our defenselessness. He sees how we turn to whatever little God, little idol promises at that time to rescue us, whether it's shopping or technology or medicine or moving to another city or country or a political leader, or cosmetic surgery, or a drug, or alcohol. And when we follow those things, Jesus doesn't despise us or look down upon us. You know, he, he does not say, well, they've rejected God and they've made such a mess of their lives and they deserve it. Instead, he has deep compassion for us. He wants to gather us like a shepherd gathers their sheep. He wants to call us together to protect us, guide us, provide for us, and lead us into freedom and life. And this king is a king of love. He doesn't come into his kingdom wielding the sword, building the nuclear submarines, or saluting the tanks. He doesn't come into his kingdom muttering economic or political threats. Do we really think that those are the things that are going to give West or East, North or South peace or security? There's only one way that he spreads his kingdom, and that's through his love. His words flow from his love. His acts flow from his love. Twice Jesus speaks about the people being like sheep, sheep without a shepherd. He talks about the lost sheep of the children of Israel. In our world, sheep give their lives for their shepherds. The shepherd cares for them, but ultimately the sheep are there for slaughter. They're bred in order to be killed so that the shepherd can live. But in God's world, it's different. It, with Jesus, the true shepherd gives his life for his sheep. Romans 5.8, which Mike read, God proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And thirdly, this is about the hope of being citizens of the kingdom. Jesus calls us to become part of his kingdom. To do that, we hear that by hearing his call and receiving him as our king. When Jesus gives the twelve the charge to preach the kingdom, and when he gives them authority over unclean spirits and to cure every disease and sickness, he is giving that command and charge to the whole church, not to each of us as individuals, but to all of us together. That's why he gives us different gifts. 
so that you begin to realize you can't do it all on your own but we need each other at this stage in Matthew chapter 9 he gives them the charge to only go to the Jewish people after the resurrection that changes and the mission goes global it's for everyone the task of the Church of God the people of God is to proclaim to people the kingdom of God that there's more to this world than we can see or sense that there is a God of love behind the universe that there is a king a compassionate king and that there is a coming kingdom which is so close so we call people to stop living for this world for the things of this world because those are the things which lead us to being harassed and for that matter harassed and we call people with his authority to begin to live for that world and the things of that world because that is where we can find peace and our purpose and identity but our task is also to live the kingdom of God the task for all of us together is to show his love to cast out evil spirits in the name of Jesus whether that's praying with people or challenging unforgiveness and lies and injustice and harassment not by standing over people telling them that they are wrong and I am right that seems to me to be one of the big issues with so many of the protests there's so much sort of almost self-righteous morality behind it but it instead not telling them they're wrong and I'm right but to do this work on our knees on our knees before God in prayer and before others and our task is to cure the sick through prayer through hard work and study and using the gifts that he has given us and later in Matthew Jesus says that the people of his kingdom will be people who cure the sick feed the hungry give drink to the thirsty clothe the naked shelter the stranger and visit the prisoner who do the kingdom stuff so yes the kingdom of God is near it's close in time we're talking God's time here and not our time that means we may still have a few thousand years to wait but it also means we should be living in expectation it could be tomorrow it could be today but it's also very close all we need to do is reach out and touch him because he is here with us receive him just as we'll do with communion and to ask him to become part of you and so with the people of God for the last 2,000 years we pray a prayer that is both personal and cosmic we pray that simple prayer thy kingdom come come Lord Jesus <laughs>